powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Liz. As always, I'm one of your hosts. Brady, not here today, probably, you know, sleeping because it's almost midnight. <laughs> um, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles when it comes to the West Coast games. So wrapping up a 5-1 victory over the Vancouver Canucks tonight, uh, the front half of a back-to-back that'll be finished off in Seattle tomorrow decent showing by the boys tonight um for those of you who are hanging out in the chat will be nice and interactive tonight i don't anticipate we'll be too too busy on the chat front seeing as you know the time is nearing the next day um and i will not stop talking about it i don't know the last time i voluntarily stayed up until like midnight um so these west coast games are always a treat in that capacity but it's kind of nice i find that sometimes with the east coast games and earlier games you start earlier and sometimes you're like not home from work or school in time and you're like oh my gosh i have the whole evening ahead of me i can't sit and watch hockey but what better to do on a Saturday night? Um, before we get on with the show, a little quick word from our sponsors here. So think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live, in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Man, I guess we're probably going to change the way that ad sounds uh, in the next little bit. Last day of World Cup tomorrow. Obviously, that's going to be super exciting. Uh, Third place game today. Who are you guys pulling for tomorrow? I personally, um, I'd like to see Lionel Messi win a World Cup. I think it'd be... I don't know be nice to see him win um but again not super into soccer let's talk about hockey so 5-1 win obviously very exciting very happy for a lot of reasons but I think we got to talk about the elephant in the room the Vancouver Canucks are not very good I was watching this game tonight and you know there were a lot of things I liked about what the Jets did and there were a lot of really good parts of their play But I thought that the Vancouver Canucks just looked a little rough out there. And I know we all know how the season started for them and all the different things that were going on there. Um, But, you know, looking at where they are at in the standings, the wins they have, some of their players are on pace to, you know, have decent point totals and all those things. I thought they figured out some of their woes and all that kind of stuff. But tonight, this looked like a hockey team that (laughs) is having a rough go and that people, like... The, the, the players don't look like they're engaged. They don't look like they want to be there. And it was just, it was a bit of a rougher one out there. So, um, you know, that was a big part, I think, of why the Jets were able to win. I think they did a lot of good things, but I think they were able to do a lot of the good things because the Vancouver Canucks were bad. Um, so I think that that's something that, you know, can't be ignored. And I'm really interested to hear what Kaya has to say on Game Over Vancouver right now. I'm definitely going to go back and listen to that tomorrow. Um, just because I want to know kind of what's going on in the minds of Vancouver Canucks fans right now. Um, I've seen a couple, you know, real funny jokes and whatnot on Twitter. I had to contribute a little bit with the domino meme. Some people think that... Um, you know, Bruce Boudreau might be on his last legs in the city there. And there's different speculations like that. I think that team just needs some form of a reset, some form of, 
I don't know, but they they looked rough out there. So um, I I think that that can't be ignored when you talk about the Jets win tonight. And I want to talk about the good that the Winnipeg Jets had. I do, um, but I think it, you know it must be said that the Vancouver Canucks a little bit of a, a little bit of a rougher team out there today. So um, talking specifically though about the Jets, I I liked a lot of what I saw from them, but kind of before the game even starts, I want to talk about some of the specifics of tonight. So roster changes. I think that's a big piece of tonight. So we got the news um, between last game and this game that two major players in the Winnipeg Jets are out with injury for extensive periods of time. Obviously, last game, we all saw Nate Schmidt go into, um, you know, into the ice after that hit from Tanner Janot. Um, That was a really rough one. Um, And I don't know. I haven't seen. It might have been said somewhere and I didn't see it. I don't know if it was confirmed what the actual injury was, but Schmidt's going to be out for a few weeks. And then Blake Wheeler also sustained an injury last game and he's going to be out for a few weeks as well with a groin injury. He's getting some form of surgery. So obviously those two players being in your lineup all season and then out within the split of a game, um, that's a big change. So obviously the Winnipeg Jets had to make some changes tonight to accommodate for those changes. First and foremost, we wish the best um, upon the injured players. I hope that they have, you know, quick recoveries and I hope that um, all of the players, you know, associated in those injuries are feeling okay. Um, Michael Essamont also was a scratch this evening. Um, How do you guys feel about that? Um, call. I thought it was an interesting one. Um, and it's it's similar to how I thought it was interesting to scratch AJF after playing him in the top six, how I thought it was interesting to scratch Sam Gagne after playing in the top six. It almost feels like they have like their like 9-10 lock forwards and there's like two spots that they're just rotating guys through and they're like, okay, fourth line, third line, top six, healthy. Fourth line, third line, top six, healthy. Like, it seems like they're just moving guys around. They did it with AJF. They did it with Harkins a little bit. They did it, um, you know, they're they're doing it with Esamont right now. They did it with Gagne. I just feel like that's kind of the way it's it's been going. I think that Mikey Esamont's, or Michael, pardon me, has had some good showings, and uh, he wouldn't have been my choice, I don't think, to scratch tonight. Um, but who did draw into the lineup? Carson Coleman got to play his first game as a Winnipeg Jet tonight, and he got to play on a line with, you know, Mark Shifley and Cole Perfetti, which probably isn't what he was expecting, um, you know, an undrafted player, you know, getting put on waivers and picked up by the Winnipeg Jets. I'm sure he wasn't expecting to play on their top line within, you know, 72 hours of being picked up off of waivers but you know what I didn't think he had an awful game you know I don't know much about the player so I don't want to make any huge um there's a word I'm looking for here like reservations on what I do or don't like about the player um I don't know him super well so I'm willing to give him a chance as I am with any other player I thought he was okay tonight there were a couple chances that man oh man I wish he would have been able to capitalize on um again a guy who was put on waivers by a team midway through the season is likely not a long-term solution in the top six, but oh well. They, they tried it for tonight. It was fine. It is what it is. Like, I didn't think that that line was anything to write home about by any means, um, but speaking of that line, uh, someone in the chat says, the more I watch Perfetti, the more I like his game. Just needs to get his shots more on net. I thought Cole Perfetti was a really fun player to watch tonight, and we all know the one particular chance that we're talking about. 
the chance, right? Um, Colperfetti had this beautiful setup from Josh in front of the net, and he just biffed it. And if Colperfetti can start shooting a little bit more and making those shots, you know, accurate and, you know, getting some good shots on net, man, oh, man, that's going to become a dangerous player. His vision is so elite, and he's always looking for, like, just the best passes and these fantastic passes. He can just thread that needle with a beautiful, you know, pass across to a player, any player. And if he can include shooting in that puck movement, his puck movement is great, but it tends to be passing puck movement I'd love to include a little bit more shooting in that puck movement because man oh man is that player good and I was really hoping to see him get a couple you know looks at that tonight especially he had some decent chances to to shoot and score and whatnot but I thought that was a a fun player to watch tonight and Blake or pardon me not Blake Wheeler Mark Shifley just forever associated in my brain the two of those guys Um, Mark Shifley has been so fun to watch lately and I thought that that continued into tonight as well like where he's just you know I'm thinking of one particular instance he's coming in he's up on the half wall right and just there's pressure on him he spins he turns he controls that puck like when this player wants to play Mark Shifley is an elite hockey player so 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 fantastic and yeah Cole Freddy definitely was a setup guy in junior like I don't know if you guys remember specifically the world juniors um his first year he was on the team um, they had him controlling the power play from the wall, and oh my goodness, it was just so fun to watch him get to pass to the most elite players of his age and just control that power play, and you just, yeah, the vision's insane. We all know it's there, and it, it's been awesome. So, um, speaking of Cole Perfetti, he got a look on the top power play unit tonight. So, that was super awesome. I was really excited to see that. Let's not talk about PP2. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you guys saw the the tweets from, from Morning Skate and stuff like that. They were rushing the power play units. And with Blake Wheeler being out, Cole Perfetti got the promotion to the top power play unit. Yay. However, you might be asking, who does that leave on the second power play unit for the Winnipeg Jets? And I would say to you, don't ask questions you don't want to know the answers to. <laughs> um, at least according to, um, I want to say Mike McIntyre, likely on Twitter today, this morning from Morning Skate, he had Pionk, Stenland, Lowry, I don't even know, and Kappa Bianco is one of the players on the second power play unit. Um, yeah. So uh, maybe Morgan Barron was the other one, uh, I don't even remember uh, someone in the bottom six. We know that for sure. That was the second power play unit. I don't know how much ice time they saw tonight. I don't think it was much. Um, so that was definitely something to see. <laughs> um, they, they saw definitely the back half of a power play in the third period, I think it was. And it is what it is. This team is obviously short-staffed in a couple of areas, but that is besides the point. Power play one. We finally got Cole Perfetti on power play one. So let's talk about that. We've been all yelling for it for a while. And it was so funny. Very first power play of the game. I was so fired up. I was like, yes, we're going to get to see Cole Perfetti jump on power play one and, and do his thing. And they scored like very quickly into that power play. Can we talk about that pass from Pierre-Luc Dubois to Kyle Connor on that opening goal of the game oh my goodness gracious like every time I see that chemistry between those players I just I want to sign the 10 million dollar contract keep him here forever I don't care like I 
it's not not a secret. I love Pierre-Luc Dubois. I've always loved Pierre-Luc Dubois. He was my favorite player before. I liked him a lot as a player before he was drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I loved him as a player when he was with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, For those of you who know me for a while, you remember how insane um i was the day my two favorite players in the entire nhl got traded for each other it, it was a whole thing right and we'll get into the extensive you know story of why pierre Luc dubois is so special to me another time it's a story for another day but that's besides the point i want him here i want him as a winnipeg jet and every time i see that fantastic chemistry particularly between him and cal connor i just want that duo to be a thing for the rest of their careers like they're both like in their early 20s or mid 20s I guess now we're all getting older this pandemic has just changed my perception of age but that could be a fantastic top duo in the NHL for years like I think it's really important to look at some of the most fantastic players in the last few years and understand that even the best goal scorers and the best power forwards, they, they have some form of defensive ability. And even if it's not, you know, in zone defense, they're able to forecheck. They're able to, um, you know, maintain possession a little bit better. There, there are so many things that they're able to do defensively that help them with their offensive production, right? Like Sidney Crosby is a great example of that. Like it's super important. That he's he's a very good 200 foot player, and you know we see that in a lot of elite players. Austin Matthews is a great example as well. Good defensively is really important, and I think that that's something that, um, including uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Cole Perfetti on a line with with Cal Connor, and you know in, improving in that capacity, that could be a really fantastic line for literal years to come. I know Perfetti's not playing with them right now, but I still want to see it happen when the Jets are healthy. We need to talk about the Jets being healthy, though. I was looking at, like, I, I don't remember the exact lineup from the opening night of this season, but even just, like, counting off on your fingers, Blake Wheeler, Nikolai Ehlers, Saku Menelainen, Mason Appleton, every single right winger that the Winnipeg Jets thought they would have this year is not playing right now. <laughs> the injuries on the right side of the Winnipeg Jets are getting worse and worse by the day um Nate Schmidt also uh (laughs) right well he's a left-handed defenseman who plays right defense so just so happens obviously he's not a right winger by any means but it's just nuts how this right side is getting more and more depleted and how difficult it is to internally recuperate that right like the Winnipeg Jets were able to and I fully commend them for winning coming out and winning this game and for, um, you know, c- coming through. Sorry, I got distracted by a message in the chat. Kishore says, did I miss the love fest around the Cafe Bianca goal? No, no, it's coming. Don't worry. I need to work my way up to that one. It's similar to the Dylan DeMello goal from last game. We can't start off with the main course, you know? We gotta, we gotta work our way into it. Um, but the Winnipeg Jets don't have a random... There are two random top six right wingers just laying around internally in the organization, right? Like they're dropping like flies and full credit to the Jets for for pulling off a win tonight, not just uh, eking one out, right? Actually playing a good hockey game. And we talked about this at the beginning, right? We talked about how the Winnipeg or the Vancouver Canucks, pardon me, are, you know, maybe the quality competition is something that's a little bit more. We don't need to get into that again. I talked about that. We, we've been over this. 
Um, but I wrote down at the beginning of the game, like, listen, we can talk about it. My least favorite term, but I'll absolutely use it in this case. If the Jets can pull this out, this is an identity win, right? You have important players um, that come through and are hurt and you have to make up for it and players step into roles that they weren't expecting to have to play and it's huge for the team's identity as a group right like you know you look at the jacket videos and all those things in the locker room like it's important for these guys to step up when they need to step up that's my segue stepping up when they need to step up Kyle Kappa Bianco. So we were talking a little bit before about the roster decisions going into this evening. And, you know, a lot of people were screaming about Villahanala not drawing in. I was probably one of those people because we know Villahanala, my pride and joy, of course, of course, of course. But Villy's been out sick this week. Like he's had like the flu or something. Um, so he's not been super well. And they brought him on the road trip, called him up on an emergency basis. I have a feeling that if he's feeling well, he will be playing tomorrow. Uh, but Cal Capabianco steps in tonight. He hasn't played a game in a month. Dude scores a goal. We are in the era of our random defensemen scoring goals. Dylan DeVille last game, Cal Capabianco tonight, Brendan Nillen hat-trick tomorrow. Bucket, bucket. Um, but Cal Capabianco scoring a goal was huge. Or as Kishore is saying in the chat, uh, Kevin Capabianco, as we will now be referring to him as, was so funny. I For those of you who are watching the Sportsnet call, or for those of you who weren't, pardon me, it was so funny. Uh, Cal Capabianco's goal was from like the point, right? It's a point shot. And, you know, team starts cheering and it's like the Mexican soccer call, right? Like when you, you say out the name of the person who scored, they're like, Kevin Capabianco. And I was like so close but not quite it was so funny um so yes sportsnet uh will be calling him kevin capabianco and so will i um but that goal was huge again identity right like cal capabianco knows he knew coming into the season that he was only gonna play if he had to he wasn't the winnipeg jets number one choice to be playing in pretty much any scenario um and that's just the way that it is you know nathan bolio was that guy last year he understood that was his role on the team it's nice for those guys when they're come in and, and they're able to contribute in that way. I, more than anyone, am not a huge proponent of looking at goals as the only thing as a contribution, obviously, especially with defensemen. I don't need Cal Bianco to score for me to be like, oh, he's good. Or on the other side, I don't need Cal Bianco not to score for me to be like, he's bad. Trust me, I'll look at lots of other things and determine whether or not he's bad. Um, but you're happy for the guy. Like, I don't know if you guys saw some of like, his interviews and conversations and stuff. Like, seems like a really nice guy. So I was really happy that he was, he was able to score tonight. And it was definitely the night of the interesting goal scorers, uh, to say the least. Neil Pionk also getting a blast from the point. Another guy who's maybe not been having the most ideal season, very much in a different capacity than Capabianco in the sense that Capabianco has been given the most limited role possible while Neil Pionk's had a, a big role and been struggling to say the least in that large role, just as he did last year a little bit, you know, his first year as a Winnipeg chat, we're like, oh my, this guy's better than we thought he was going to be. And full credit to him. Like, I don't dislike Neil Pionk at all, but it's been a bit of a rougher year. So seeing him pot one, you know, makes you happy. It's not the kind of thing. Kappa Bianco, I had an internal moment of, you know, that internal turmoil where you're like, oh my gosh, 
is my little Finnish boy not going to be able to play tomorrow because Cal Capabianco scored? That's not the case. With Neil Pionk, that dude's not coming out of the lineup anyway, so please play well. I want him to see him do well. So that goal was fun. I was really happy for him. Sam Gagne also got a goal. Man, oh man, was that nice. That passing play before it was so gorgeous. Happy for him as well. Again, it's the kind of player that you want to see do well, especially with the team being so depleted in their forwards right now. You need guys who have the ability to step up to step up and he's someone who he had a decent start to the season and then he really cooled off and I thought he struggled and he yeah like as I talked about before he we had some healthy scratch days for him like just not been the greatest all-around season for him but as far as like actual ceiling slash ability slash all that kind of stuff like he currently is one of the better options for the Jets to be playing in their top six like he probably was the guy that I would have left with Connor and Dubois tonight just because of how much the Jets are struggling with top six talent right now so yay good for him for scoring that goal it was a great goal he looked happy to score it like that's his fifth of the year this dude can finish the year with like 15 goals or whatever I will be thrilled. I will be thrilled. However, if he finishes with less because he was demoted to the third or fourth line because we had better alternatives in the top six, I will be much happier with that. But we'll cross that bridge when and if we get there. Um, I want to shout out Nick. Um, for those, Not for those of you who don't know. This is a very niche thing. I don't... My favorite meme format right now is the Twitter so-and-so you or something. I love that that tweet. So all of the, you know, Billy Hanala, you are a Manitoba moose. Like they're so funny. So, you know, Nick had a Connor Garland, you are a Winnipeg Jet tonight. And absolutely. I was having a chuckle. It's like, man, like leave someone there, load Connor Garland on the plane, the 28 minute flight to the Climate Pledge Arena, which hilarious to me, 28 minute flight from Vancouver to the Climate Pledge Arena. No one needs to take a 28-minute flight. Let's not go there, though. Um, but the Winnipeg Jets need to make a trade bad because especially now that we know the timelines of some of the injuries, like they're going to be without Wheeler and Ehlers for the next month at minimum, if not likely longer. Bring someone in. I'm begging you to bring someone in. Um, but back to my point about the strange goal scorers tonight, need to give a massive shout-out to AJF. Um, the Janssen Fjallby goal that shot was gorgeous for those of you who weren't watching um comes in on the right side i would say nine and a half times out of ten he's shooting that puck three feet off the net beautiful shot tonight went in at a boy very happy for him so just needed to particularly shout out those goals tonight because i i was really happy for them and i we're going to go off on like a little thing here, but I, I really struggle with people looking at isolated plays like goals and using them to vindicate their like opinions or like prior thoughts and that kind of stuff because of how small the sample of an individual goal in this case is in the grand scheme of things, right? So for example, if you're the kind of person who thinks that Neil Pionk is having a fantastic season and someone comes up to you and is like, mm, I disagree, um, I don't think you can look at it tonight and be like, well, he scored, so that means he's good. 
I strongly, strongly, strongly disagree with that type of assessment. And it's the kind of thing that people could say about Kyle Capabianco. Oh, he shouldn't have played tonight. Well, he scored. I hate that because Cal Capabianco played, I I can look it up right now. How many shifts did he play? How many minutes did he play? He played 17 minutes tonight. He played 17 minutes and that goal maybe took up like five to six seconds if you want to generously include the play leading up to it um, of his ice time, right? So one goal, and you can look at the odds of that goal going in every single time. Like there's so much luck that goes into hockey that it's so hard to generate actual tangible results from small samples. We know that it's like, it's a fact. It's not an opinion. So for someone to like vindicate their thoughts on, oh, this is why Capabianco should have played tonight is because he scored just to me is a little bit of a lazier argument. Same thing with Neil Pionk. Oh, he's good because he scored. It's just, it's, it's not enough to me. Um, so that kind of contradicts my earlier point where I was like, I'm really happy for these guys because goals are really important and it's great that they were able to score. I am happy for all of them, like genuinely. Like I I like to see guys who don't score often score. It's my favorite thing. Um, you know, I sometimes crack a smile when Kyle Connor scores. When they say how many points Pierre Dubois has, I'm like, okay. But when Janssen Fialbi scored tonight, I cheered. Like, I was so happy. I, I love it for these guys. Um, but it doesn't, you know, tip the scales enough based on an assessment. Some of the guys who scored tonight I do think are good hockey players and have been having good seasons. But one goal will never tip the scales from bad to good or vice versa. Or one giving up one goal, if you want to look at it from the flip side, right? If a player doesn't score, how do you know that the goalie wasn't playing outstanding? How do you know that, you know, they're... We can get into this whole thing. This, this is why advanced analytics exist, right? It's because you understand that that goals are a little bit more random and they don't, they're not the most predictive stat in the world. So I don't think that my opinions on any of these players tonight change. I still think that Janssen Fialbi's a fourth liner. I still think that Neil Pionk is having a little bit of a rougher go. But I'm happy for the guys. Kishar says in the chat, the important question is which jersey would you have thrown in the ice tonight if you were a Canucks fan? Great question. For those of you who weren't watching, there was a stretch, like, it was at the end. I want to say it was after Vancouver even scored a goal. Uh, Bo Horvat scored a nice little power play tip in um, partway through the third, near the end of the third. And someone threw a jersey on the ice during the play. I say... I'd be throwing a Bo I'd be throwing a Bo Horvat jersey. I can't even say his name. I would be throwing a Bo Horvat jersey on the ice. That that was a mouthful for no reason. That was a three syllable name. But it's been a long time of just talking to myself. But like that that team is in rough shape. And you know when you hear the comments like you heard from him about their captain, like it's it's not what you love to hear as a fan. And I understand. I Bo Horvat's frustrated. We're all frustrated. I get it. That's probably whose jersey I would have thrown on the ice, maybe. That being said, I am a broke college student who works part-time, so any asset that I have that's over $30, you will not see me wasting in any capacity. So. <laughs> um, but those are kind of my general thoughts on the evening. Obviously, you know, um, it's late. I have only mentioned that like eight times so far. Um, so, you know, there will be evenings when I'll, I'll get a little bit more in depth and, you know, specifically team play. I was definitely, you know, talking a little bit more about the individual players tonight, but sometimes it's it's fun 
um, you know, to, to celebrate the small wins like we see with individuals scoring goals who don't always get to score goals. Again, once again, shout out to my boy, Kevin Capabianco. Um, I'm, I'm going to call him that now, by the way. Kyle, Kyle's a bad name. Kevin's a much more, it's, it's a nice name. And Kyle Capabianco seems like a nice guy. So we're just going to call him Kevin. I like to celebrate the small wins for these guys, you know, and sometimes in the grand scheme of things, they're big wins for people. That being said, you know, we can look at, oh, how good are the Vancouver Canucks? doesn't really matter because you get your two points um, and that puts you in a great spot in the division and, you know, a win's a win. And it's also important to win these games when you're coming into a game with a depleted roster after losing two really key roster guys to injuries. It's important to win these games and I'm really happy that they did. Um, I thought that Josh Morrissey looked good again tonight. I thought that Dylan DeMello, again, once again, we saw him on a play in the crease. I am here for the active offensive Dylan DeMello. Um, it, w- it was definitely a lot of fun to watch the Jets win. It's fun to watch your team score. It's fun to watch, maybe this is going to sound like kind of morbid to me, but it's kind of fun to watch the life like suck out of the team that you're playing against because, you know, you're just putting your foot down and, you know, it, it feels good. Um, it, it gives faith in your team that you're watching. So I thought in that capacity, it was a lot of fun. Um, I am hoping that, you know, tomorrow they maintain some energy. They have a couple guys in the press box that they can cycle in, um, notably Vili Hanala. That will be a storyline of tomorrow if he gets in. We know the carousel. He's been flipping around and around in the AHL and the NHL for years. Let's see if he gets in tomorrow. I'm hoping that he's feeling well enough to, uh, if that's the case. I don't want him playing just for the sake of him playing. If he's not feeling well, don't make him play. Um, but that's besides the point. That should always be the case, right? If a player is sick, don't make them play professional hockey. But um, we'll see how tomorrow goes. Um, it's not too far of a travel for the boys, which is nice. Hopefully they have some time to, to reset tomorrow. Brady will be joining you tomorrow evening. So you guys will break down the game with him. Definitely jump in the chat with him. Brady loves the chat. He's got all his monitors and his setup down home, so he'll be active. He'll be chatting. He'll be uh, responding to you guys, so that'll be good. And uh, we'll be back um, with several games this week. I have a couple of fun guests lined up, um, some out-of-market guests, which will be exciting. I like having out-of-market guests because it's fun to hear other perspectives and all those kinds of fun things. So looking forward to the next couple games, uh, looking forward to uh, wrapping up before the holidays and seeing, you know, if the Jets can be maintain this good positioning going forward. Uh, and then New Year, we'll see if the Jets can keep this up and, you know, set themselves up for success for the trade deadline and, and for the playoffs. So once again, thank you so much, everyone, for coming and joining. For those of you who are listening after the fact, which I assume will be more of you for this one, because once again, It's so late. I have an exam tomorrow. I have an exam in like 10 hours. Um, So I'm going to go to bed. And um, for those of you who are in the chat right now, once again, thank you so much. And I will see you all next game. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.